Brian Laundry reportedly shared cryptic messages on Pinterest. So he shared cryptic and foreboding images and messages on Pinterest, including one last month that read, Don't try to find me. I have finally escaped my master's wicked clutches, according to a report. The 23-year-old, who has been named a person of interest in the Long Island natives' homicide, appeared to post under the account at Blundry1197, although it has not been confirmed, according to The Sun. But the news outlet noted that the account shares albums with a page belonging to Laundry's slaying girlfriend and apparently also his mother, Roberta. Social media sleuths have, who have opinioned about their theories and shared their online discoveries about the mystery have focused their attention on Pinterest, where Laundry apparently pinned a post titled, The Opposite of Lost, the outlet said. Don't try to find me. I have finally escaped my master's wicked clutches. Read the post with an image of purple and pink clouds that appears to have originated from a missing dog flyer in Oregon in 2006, according to The Sun. To the others, I say join me. Bite the hand that feeds you. Viva la liberté, Pierre, it adds. It was unclear when the item was posted. In another post in the folder titled My Heart, contains a quote from the 1999 movie Flight Club that reads, It's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. About five weeks ago, a post in a photo titled Bleak referred to the book Burnout, How to Cope with Autistic Burnout, according to the news outlets. So autistic burnout is when autistic people can't do things they used to because of how little energy they have left. It takes a whole lot more energy to function while being autistic and do basic tasks such as remembering to eat or doing laundry, as synopsis reportedly reads. Burnout leaves us feeling weak and exhausted, it adds. One user reportedly noted a disturbing post with My Baby inscribed on a headstone and artwork designed by Sacha Strange in the words, She'll never find a sweet man like me. And it adds, little girl, little girl, God bless her, wherever she may be. The lines appear to be parts of the lyrics of a classic jazz song, St. James Infirmary Blues. Laundrie arrived back at his home in Northport, Florida without Petito in September 1st, and she was reported missing to police September 11th, and Laundrie disappeared amid a nationwide search for Petito. And police confirmed her death was a homicide Tuesday as the search for Laundrie continues. Now, the interesting about this, right, like, who knows if this was actually him? It could be. But what I kind of noticed about, like, a lot of these, like, news articles is that they do a lot of, like, keyword, like, stuffing, where they're basically just, like, stuffing, like, repeated words that people are actually, like, searching so that they could get more and more people to actually click on their article, because the amount of times that they repeated some of these words was just like, okay, come on now. That was just completely unnecessary. And it's not just the New York Post that does this. It's literally every single news organization that does something like this. But that's like a side tangent. You know, I just want to kind of like complain about that. Because if you've noticed, like if you go and read like any news article, this is what they do on every single news article where they just constantly repeat the same words or phrases multiple times in the same article. Feel free to give your thoughts if you thought this was kind of like odd. I think this is odd. 
it could be an account of his. I don't know. But the thing is, does this even really mean anything? Or is this just to get clicks? Is this just like a way that, you know, a lot of these news sites are just trying to get clicks to try to, you know, get as much money as possible, try to milk this whole situation. Stay tuned for more. Subscribe. Dr. Dre is forced to pay another $1.5 million in fees to his ex, Nicole Young. So let's get right into the story. So Dr. Dre has been ordered to pay seven figures in legal fees to his estranged wife, Nicole Young, as their bitter divorce case continues to play out in Los Angeles, according to a ruling. And in the order, the judge in the divorce case ruled this week that the rapper and beats mogul should pay Nicole another $1.55 million in legal fees and costs after already forking over $2 million. So basically in total, $3.55 million in this divorce. So the judge estimated that Nicole's reasonable legal fees in the case so far should total $3 million plus costs, and Dre will now have to pay $1 million towards the balance of her fees, plus another $550,000 in costs associated with the case, the judge ruled. The payment would be for fees and costs through July 2nd, 2021, but it's unclear what the eventual tab will be moving forward in the case. Young and her lawyers had previously said fees in the case were close to $4 million, and the court papers reflect that Young's legal tab can cost up to $1,100 per hour. She is being repped in the case by hotshot celebrity attorney Samantha, Samantha Spector. Now, the judge further ruled, as had been previously ordered, that Dre should pay Nicole a $293,306 in monthly temporary spousal support, and that Dre must also pay for household costs including security, insurance, gardening, taxes, repairs, and maintenance retroactive to September 1st, 2020. So that comes to $3,812,987 over the past year. And the judge estimated in the ruling, adding that the previously paid living expenses that Dre had turned over already may not have included all the costs for the home. The ruling also said that the parties must confer on any added expenses Dre owes Nicole on the household costs by next month. Now, Pay 6 previously reported that Dre was ordered to pay the $293,306 per month in spousal support until Young remarries or enters into a domestic partnership, or unless the court orders otherwise at a later date. So pretty much, there's actually a decent chance that uh, Dr. Dre is going to have to... Uh, Basically, pay for her lifestyle for ever, like for all of eternity, like for infinity. Yeah, that'd be interesting. So, Young, 51, first filed to divorce Dre, 56, in 2020. The couple was married for 24 years and has adult children. The estranged pair had been arguing in court over a prenup. 
So Dre's reported net worth is around $800 million, and the new court papers say that he has assets of $243 million. And reps for Dre did not immediately get back to us about the latest ruling. And that's to like page six. Meanwhile, Dre also recently filed a separate lawsuit against Nicole for allegedly stealing about $350 million out of a recording studio business in Sherman Oaks, California, in which they were both involved. But sources told The Blast that Nicole had already returned the money in question and that it was taken out of an account the couple shared during their marriage, which she was entitled to do. Dre is being rubbed in the divorce case by attorney and Kylie, whose clients have included Brad Pitt. So, I mean, feel free to give your thoughts, right? Like, who do you think is right in this situation? Do you think Dre should have been forced to pay the $293,306 per month in temporary spousal support? Which, you know, like, again, kind of funny how it says temporary spousal support when basically the wording of this whole divorce decree is that he could technically be forced to pay for her living expenses for the rest of her life. Like, just imagine that for a second. Imagine if you got married to someone, that person filed for divorce, and then you got forced to basically pay for their living expenses forever. Like, just think about that forever and that's that's what makes this like really odd but also what you can learn from this whole situation is that one of the biggest financial decisions in your life will be around marriage will be around who you marry or if you are going to marry at all And the thing you also got to understand, too, depending on your state or country that you live in, it may not even take you marrying someone. It might just be a situation where you are living under the same roof as like your partner for like two years. And in the eyes of the state or country that you live in, that is deemed as the equivalent of being married. Thus, they are privy to half of your stuff now of course different states different countries have different laws and rules about this so if you are wanting to get married you should probably look at the marriage laws within your state or country because that one factor that one choice could end up making or breaking your financial situation, right? Because it could be something like this one where you have a prenup actually made, but within the state that you are living in, it basically means nothing, right? And this is the thing about like California, like California specifically tends to screw over the guy in almost every divorce case, almost, right like it leans very heavy in the lady's favor because i believe there was a story about someone who's very wealthy and basically having to pay 
for his ex-wife's living expenses forever, even though she got remarried and was sleeping with another person, you know, like basically her boyfriend and all that kind of stuff, right? It's, it's just something like super odd. And they never had kids either, right? They never had kids and the husband, ex-husband, right, had to pay for his ex-wife's living expenses forever, even though she got remarried. And they were living, well, like she was living with her new husband inside of her former husband's house, right? So she got the house for free, and she had her living expenses paid forever, even though they never even had kids. So it's very interesting to see what happens. But specifically in California, it's honestly a bad idea to actually get married just because of how bad the laws are when it comes to divorce. In, like, it's just not like an equal split of a situation, right? Like Divorce would be one thing if both parties just like, do it very cordially, very respectfully, and be like, hey, we're getting a divorce. These are the reasons, and we're just going to either split the money or we're going to follow the prenup. But in California, that's not really the case, and you could pretty much get screwed every way, regardless of who you are or what the situation is. I believe you could probably be screwed over even if your partner were to have cheated on you. Basically, if it's a situation where like the husband files for divorce and the wife ends up basically cheating on him. And that's the reason for the divorce. And the guy, I believe, can still end up getting screwed over in that situation. By the way, it's very interesting. Feel free to give your thoughts about divorce or about this specific situation. But either way, this is one of the biggest financial decisions that you could possibly ever make. And speaking of financial decisions, if you want to learn how to get out of debt, go to 40inbox.com and learn the very simple way to get out of debt. So here's how much your social security benefits will be if you make anywhere from $30,000 to $100,000 per year, according to CNBC. So let's check this out. Want to invest in Bitcoin? It's as easy of course. as G. That is a The first monthly social security check was cashed in 1940 for a grand total of about $23. Fast forward to 2020, and the average retired worker gets almost $1,500 a month from social security. Nearly 9 out of 10 people aged 65 and older receive social security benefits, making it an essential part of retiring in the U.S. Benefits are based on your income, the year you were born, and the age you decide to start taking money out. Here's a few case studies. These numbers assume you'll turn 62 in 2020 and had a steady income over the course of a long career. First, let's look at someone who averaged $30,000 a year. Social security... Now here's another thing too, right? Like $30,000 is very low to be averaging every single year. Just keep that in mind. The majority of people are going to make more than $30,000 a year, especially if you're married. Takes your top 35 earning years, adjust them for inflation, 
adds them all together, then divides that number by 420, the number of months in 35 years. That gives you 2,500. Still with me? That figure is your average indexed monthly earnings, or AIME. Simply put, it's your monthly pay for the last 35 years. There's still some math to get through. Your benefits are determined by bend points in an equation, almost like a tax bracket, but it's used to give you money instead. The less money you've made, the higher a percentage of your salary you'll get back. This is designed to help low-wage retirees. Here's how the bend points work based on your average monthly salary from before. You get back 90% of your salary from the first $960. That's over $850. The next bend is a little trickier. You get 32% of your earnings between $960 and $5,785, which comes out to just under $500. And at $30,000, we won't have to worry about that third bet. Add those together, and you get your monthly benefit of $1,357 from a $30,000 salary if you wait until your full retirement age. Now let's run some more salaries through the bet points. If you made $40,000 a year, you can expect more than $1,600 every month in retirement. Bump your lifetime salary up to $50,000 a year, and your benefits will be about $1,900. A $60,000 salary means you'll get over $2,100 every month at your full retirement age. At $75,000, you'll need to start using the third bend to get your total of just under $2,500. And finally, a $100,000 salary will turn into over $2,700 in Social Security benefits. These numbers assume a lot of variables, but give you a picture of what to expect when you retire. You can go to ssa.gov to get an official estimate of your benefits and tips on what age you should retire. And don't forget, Social Security is not meant to be your sole source of income for retirement, and the beds and totals are always changing, so you still need to be serious about saving for retirement. Now, I love that they put that at the end, because here's the thing, right? To those that end up stumbling upon this episode, Social Security is so badly managed that it is basically a negative return on your money, period, end of story, right? Because they, they are literally taking the money out of your account. And like basically the only people that end up coming ahead are people who do not pay into it, which are basically, I believe, only preachers that get an exemption that they can apply for. So those are the only people that actually come ahead because they don't have to pay into this system. And the reason why I also say that, right, is that I believe within like the next 12 years, there's a high likelihood that Social Security will actually end, meaning they will run out of money. Keep that in mind. And this is the reason why you need to manage, manage your finances, manage your money so that you have a strong financial foundation. And what I mean by this is that you have no debt, you have an emergency fund, and you have money automatically going towards investments that will eventually provide you with a cash income, meaning you will be able to Live off of the money that it actually produces so that you do not have to just rely on something like Social Security, which may not even be around by the time that you actually retire. Keep that in mind, right? Because it may not even be there anymore. 
So if you're like in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, or even if you're in your 40s, by the time that you retire, you might not be able to even get any money, even though you've been paying into it. And what's really sad is that let's say that you're like 50 years old and you're basically trying to like rely on Social Security for your retirement because you got no money in the bank and you have a mortgage still in your house or all this kind of stuff. You get like credit card debt and it just ends. Like, what are you going to do? Right. So this is why you need to do your best to get out of debt so that you can start funneling as much money as you can while still living a very good life into investments that will help you retire and live a life of more freedom, right? Because if you get yourself in a situation where you're able to live the life that you want, where you don't have to rely on the income from Social Security, and when you do get Social Security, if you do end up getting Social Security by the time you retire, it's just basically a bonus, kind of like the cherry on top of your ice cream, like it's not the actual ice cream. It's just like that little tiny cherry. You're just like, okay, you know, I'm not going to complain about getting this extra money, right? Even though it's technically your money at a loss, right? So that's something to really uh, think about, right? So if you are wanting to learn how to get out of debt and manage your money in a very simple way so that you do not have to rely on Social Security, go check out 40inbox.com to learn how to get out of debt and live a more free life when it comes to money, right? Now, feel free to give your thoughts. Feel free to give your thoughts as to are you hoping to just rely on Social Security? Is that your plan for your retirement? Or are you planning on doing something else, right? Because again, there is literally no guarantee that when you retire, you will actually get Social Security. But let's read more into the story. So the average Social Security benefit is around 1544 So pretty much you could kind of like use that as like a an example number because if you were to go to the website and try to like fill it all out, it's kind of a pain. But if you just want to do like run like very rough numbers, to kind of get like an estimate as to where you stand for retirement, you could use this number, 1544, just to kind of like check it out. So with inflation on the rise, retirees are expected to get as much as a 6% cost of living increase in their 2022 checks to shore up their budgets. And the size of your payment, however, will be based on income from your working years when you were born in the age, blah, 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 blah. Yep, Social Security generally is not envisioned as your sole source of money for retirement, and the totals are always changing. And again, remember, I mentioned that this is most likely actually going to be going away. So the thing is, I do like how uh, CNBC actually broke this down, and it was like CNBC slash Acorns that broke this down, because it's a very simple way of explaining it, and a lot of people really need to take their retirement seriously. Like, I understand if people end up stumbling upon this, I understand that people want to live in, like, the now. I 100% agree that you should enjoy your life, right? But you should also set your future to live a life of freedom so that you don't have to live a life of stress where you're, like, afraid of where your, like, next meal is going to come from 
Or am I going to even like be able to stay in the house I lived in for like 20 years? Like you don't want to be in that situation. You don't want to end up getting homeless when you're retirement age. Like that's just going to be sad. It's going to be depressing. And it's going to be very hard to actually fix that situation. So feel free to give your thoughts. Stay tuned for more episodes. I had to a boss accused of stiffing workers out of $38 million in total. So questionable tuna isn't the only thing the Subway sandwich chain is standing behind. The embattled fast food giant continues to back a top regional manager who recently settled a lawsuit that alleged he underpaid nearly 3,000 workers by $38 million. Miffed franchisees complained to the Post. Now, the suit claims that Chiroyu Patel, who's also a franchisee, stiffed workers out of overtime pay, didn't pay them for all the hours they worked, and didn't allow them meal or rest periods. That same manager, who oversees more than a 1,000 subway locations in California, already had been exposed in 2019 for underhanded practices that led some franchisees to lose their businesses. Now, Subway stood by him then, too. Privately held Subway, based in Milford, Connecticut, which recently caught heat from some franchisees when it hired firebrand soccer player Megan Rapinoe as the TV spokeswoman, declined to comment, including answering questions as to why it continues to stand by Patel. The overarching message of Subway is anything goes, a lawyer who has represented Subway franchisees told The Post. Sources close to the recently settled suit over the withheld pay, which was first filed in 2016, say it's likely some of the Subway workers also were illegal immigrants. Now, franchise attorney David Paris, who is not involved in the Patel case, said it is unusual for a large national chain not to take action when a franchisee is allegedly underpaying workers. There would be a full-scale investigation in other brands. They would be all over it, he said. I think it is incumbent on Subway to do something. Paris, the law firm Paris Ackerman, said Subway's lack of action tarnishes its brand. Now, Subway corporate never was named in the suit for alleged underpayment. Doctors Associates, Subway's parents' company, did answer a subpoena in 2018, as part of the proceedings. So the home office was aware of the suit, a source said. Now, as estimated, Patel owns around 15 Subway restaurants in Northern California, according to a source familiar with the matter. And even with those holdings, Patel claimed he couldn't afford to pay the workers any more than the settlement that was reached July 30th, and it amounted to $188 per worker, or $550,000 according to court filings. So a source familiar with the situation said Subway's silence speaks of a lack of leadership at the chain, whose sales fell to $8.3 billion in 2020, according to the market researcher Technomic, from the $12.3 billion in 2013. They did not think of getting rid of him, the source said. The morality did not play a role. My sense is, quite frankly, Patel got the benefit of Subway being screwed up. Patel told the Post... We have always practiced business to the highest subway standards in accordance with state laws, declining to comment further. Now, this is also coming from a company whose bread is not even deemed bread. It's actually deemed like a dessert. (laughs) So keep that in mind, right? Like for those that might like love Subway, keep in mind that their bread that they sell 
is not legally determined to be bred. Now, it's not the first time Patel has been accused of bad behavior at Subway. Along with his franchises, he's also the Subway development agent for much of Northern California. It was in that role that he was exposed in a 2019 New York Times story for another questionable practice. And as a development agent, Patel oversees about 1,000 Subway restaurants for which he gets a percentage of sales, meaning he's probably making disgusting amounts of money. So headquarters uses these agents to sell franchises in a given territory and to oversee compliance with corporate standards. In 2019, Patel allegedly sent his own inspectors to certain restaurants that were competing with them or that he wanted to buy to find problems so he could force them out of business. Violations allegedly included he wanted to buy to find problems, included minor infractions like finding handprints on glass doors or cucumber slices that were a bit too thick. Now, a source said under Fred DeLuca, the founder and CEO of Subway who died in 2015, that kind of thing wouldn't have been tolerated. The new CEO, John Chidse, who used to run Burger King, has been criticized as not engaging much with franchisees, and he didn't comment. So Subway development agents around the country in 2017 were getting a reputation for going after select franchisees for minor infractions, pressuring them to shutter or sell their stores, the Post reported at the time. Now, the chain initiated 702 arbitration actions against U.S. franchisees in 2017, compared to one by McDonald's, two by Dunkin', and none by Pizza Hut, Burger King, or Wendy's, meaning Subway kind of sucks for franchisees. Now, the theory was Subway wanted to make the chain smaller, and now Subway is instead forcing restaurants to stay open as the chain is shrinking too quickly, sources said. I don't understand how Subway could turn a blind eye to this guy, Paris, the attorney said. It's definitely suspicious, yet Patel, more than two years later, still manages the territory along with owning his own restaurants. Sources said Patel, when he owned 70 stores, was likely paying Subway $1.5 million to $2 million a year in royalty payments. The source familiar with this situation said, Now, many Subway franchisees have been upset at CEO Chidsey since the pandemic for reasons that include rewriting new operating contracts that allow stores to close only one day a year, except for an act of God, and for a short-lived 2 for $10 promotion, they say forced them to sell subs at a loss. This paragraph right here is just so disturbing because it goes to show you like a CEO or like a leader that literally does not give a crap about anyone below them. Like this is just very disturbing to actually see a CEO of a massive company do. Because this is basically saying like, you literally don't give a damn about any of the people that invested into the brand name of Subway. Like That is just like really sad to see. That is the latest in a string of ham-handed responses 
that raised the question of who's mining the store at the sandwich chain with 22,000 locations across North America. Now, this spring, Subway hired soccer star Rapinoe for a national ad campaign, but many of its restaurants are in socially conservative areas where customers don't like the idea of athletes not saluting the flag. Now, management likewise fought claims that the tuna in the sandwiches was fake, but not before the story exploded and took a life on its own, making it hard to stamp out. But the thing is, I'm pretty certain that like the story was that it actually was fake. But here's the thing. This is something that's not fake and was actually proven in a different country, I believe in the UK, where Subway bread is deemed as a dessert. It is not deemed as like an actual bread. It is deemed as basically cake. Okay? So again, keep that in mind when you check out this company when their bread is deemed as cake. So maybe you should also think about next time when you go there. It's like, should I really get Subway? Which is sad because you don't want these like franchisees to end up being screwed. But this one guy owns a bunch of franchisees. Well, franchises, right? And he like manages them. So it's just, it's so screwed up no matter how you view it. By the way, if you want to learn how to get a debt, go to 40inbox.com. The Federal Reserve is getting ready to roll back its massive stimulus, according to Anakin Tap CNN Business. So if the economic recovery continues to progress as expected, the Fed judges that a moderation in the pace of asset purchases may soon be warranted, according to the bank's policy update published Wednesday. This raises the prospects of a November announcement that it will step on the brakes, but even if such a move was delayed until December or January, it wouldn't matter much to markets, which have already priced in a policy change, said Sima Shah, chief strategist at Principal Global Investors in emailed comments. So the Fed could also lift interest rates as early as next year, according to updated projections, as opposed to waiting until 2023 as previous forecasts called for. And when the pandemic started to wreak havoc on the U.S. economy in early 2020, the Fed stepped in, slashing interest rates to near zero and committing to buying $120 billion worth of treasury and mortgage-backed securities every month. These purchases will be rolled back soon, it seems, in what is referred to as a taper. Now, it's the Fed's job to keep prices stable and achieve maximum employment. Now, over the past months, Powell had said that more progress was needed on those fronts until a change in policies is warranted. But now his tone has changed. While the test for inflation is already met, the test for employment is all but met, Powell told reporters during Wednesday's press conference. For me, it would not take a knockout great September employment report, Powell added, even though other members of the policy committee still wanted to see further improvements. Now, investors have long expected the Fed to clamp down on its monthly stimulus as the recovery was coming along nicely over the summer. But a disappointing August jobs report pushed those expectations back. So Wednesday's announcement was thus in line with that, with what investors predicted in the stock market continued its rally after it was published. So there are still a few hurdles that the economy and the market need to overcome. 
In Washington, the debt ceiling debate is heating up as lawmakers try to find a way to keep the government from running out of cash. It's just very important that the debt ceiling be raised so that the United States can pay its bills when they come due, Powell said, adding that the damage to the economy and financial markets would be severe if there were a default and nobody should assume the Fed could fully protect the economy against such a failure, he added. Meanwhile, the recovery was hit some roadblocks recently as the Delta variant is leading to more infections and affecting people's willingness to be around others. And as many economists began to factor the Delta effect into their winter forecast for the economy, so has the Fed. Its projections see lower economic growth for 2021 with gross domestic product rising 5.9% compared with the 7% it projected in June. The growth rate for 2022, however, was revised upwards to 3.8% from 3.3%. And the Fed now expects unemployment to be slightly higher at 4.8% than previously thought at the end of this year. Similarly, inflation is also will likely be higher by year-end than projected in June and is taking longer for bottlenecks and shortages that drive up prices to abate. So the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, which is the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, is expected to be at 4.2% for the year rather than 3.4% previously forecast. So spikes in inflation over the summer fueled the market view that the Fed would soon rein in its easy money policies sooner rather than later to keep the economy from overheating. So here's the thing, right? This is the type of situation where you need to get your money in check, right? So if you need help with getting out of debt, which is the biggest factor in your financial success is paying off your debt, go to 40 Unbox to learn how to get out of debt because debt is pulling you down and basically screwing you. And you want to be in a very safe place when inflation ends up coming and basically unemployment is going to be drastically rising, right? Which is crazy when you really think about it because of the amount of jobs that are actually available today, right? But just keep that in mind. Robinhood crypto wallets have been confirmed. So Robinhood announced Wednesday that it's rolling out a crypto wallet feature in its app, allowing customers more ease in trading digital currencies. So starting next month, the company said in a blog post, a small group of Robinhood clients will begin testing the wallets in a trial run, and there is a wait list for folks who want to give it a try themselves as access is incrementally expanded. With wallets, you'll be able to transfer crypto so you can use ETH to buy that NFT you've been eyeing, use Bitcoin to buy some coffee, send Doge to a friend, or move supported crypto from your own wallet to your Robinhood crypto account for commission-free trading. Robinhood Crypto COO Christine Brown explained in a tweet. The company and Brown both signaled that the new crypto wallets come after countless requests from customers who have been pleading for the feature. What took us so long, Brown added? We want to make sure that transferring crypto on Robinhood is safe, secure, and simple. Many people will be transacting on-chain for the first time, and keeping your coins safe is our number one priority. 
Now the CEO, the COO, went on to note that as of Wednesday, Robinhood customers now have the option of setting up recurring crypto investments, allowing the ability to purchase coins or fractions of them on a schedule without paying any commission fees, which is pretty interesting. By the way, if you want to learn how to get out of debt, go to 40 Stay tuned for more.